0: Every time we have that, what is my purpose? Right, the 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 coincident statement, observation, or question is there, which is, I have no purpose.
1: Welcome to the reboot podcast. Hi again, this is Dan Putt from Reboot. And I have a confession to make. So I really love meeting new people, learning about their story and hearing more about who they are. And as a result of that, if I were to meet you today, I'd ask you a lot of questions. And I am genuinely curious to learn more about you. But in my early 20s, I had another motive for asking you about you. I didn't want you asking me about me. And this, by the way, is an example of a superpower having a light and dark side. At that time, I had this recurring image of what my life was. Uh, It could be best described as a stock chart with two lines starting roughly at the same spot, but they ended up in very different places. One was trending and even accelerating up and to the right. Think Apple stock following iPhone launch. And this line represented where I thought my life should be. The other was roughly flat with occasional dips, just kind of staying where it started. And this line was how I felt about where I was in life. The gap between the two lines was visible, living proof that I was indeed not living my purpose. I was so far off track, so far from where I was supposed to be. It felt like just about everyone was on the up and to the right track, and I was on this flat one. So whenever I got together with anyone, whether it be friends or family or Acquaintances or new people. And if they ever got around to asking me the question, hey, what do you do? What are you up to? I would instantly see that chart in my head and then crumble under the weight of the gap. So I worked hard to keep them away from that question. But I realized today that I don't see the chart anymore. I found a purpose. I'm a father. And funny enough, in letting go of that image and holding tightly onto the gap, I answered all the other questions too. I am on the right track. I am working on something that I really believe in that feels like my purpose. And I am extremely proud to answer any of these questions for any of you. But it took me some time. And if we met, I'd still ask you a lot of questions about you. Speaking of that, how about you? Have you ever asked yourself these questions? How do I live a life of meaning? Am I on the right track? Or a big one? What is my purpose? These were all the questions I used to ask myself as a way to keep myself in the gap. And these are questions that our podcast guest knows so well. Sarah Weiler is an entrepreneur based in the UK. She came to Jerry looking for answers to these very questions and ultimately the courage to step out, be an entrepreneur, and really do the work she was meant to do. In their conversation, they uncover many things and she finds answers in surprising places. By the way, we love hearing from you. One of our favorite things is to get feedback from our listeners, whether it be by email or your iTunes review. We read everything. So please send us a note or leave us a review, which really helps others find the show as well. And if you want to make sure you never miss one, you can sign up at reboot.io slash signup. A Reboot Circle is a hand-selected group of peers in matching roles who meet in supportive Reboot Coach-facilitated sessions twice a month. We just recently started accepting applications for new roles, including head of product, CTO, people ops, and VP and marketing groups. So what are these groups really like? We asked a current member to share his experience with Reboot Coach and Facilitator, Andy Chrissinger.
2: Hi, my name is Bobby Brownigan. I'm co-founder and CEO at Mercado. One of the biggest challenges that I face as an entrepreneur has been navigating the waters of solving hard problems while under extreme stress. You can't be open and honest with everyone about your business, right? Because you don't want to scare people away. You don't want to get people nervous because that's going to affect their ability to do what they have to do. At the same time, you know, there's not a lot of people that actually could relate to these situations. So, having a group you could turn to is extremely beneficial and allows you not only to spend more time thinking about these issues and how to better solve them, but hearing yourself explain them out loud and getting people to question different routes that you might think about taking and and that kind of stuff is invaluable. It's been great to have that group to really think in a much deeper sense with people that are sharing the same challenge and they're really trying to grow and really get out of that comfort zone just as I am that's been really excellent for me
1: so who do you turn to what if you had a community of peers who are committed to supporting you in solving your greatest business challenges a group that knows intimately the very challenges you face every single day in your role a group you knew you could always count on there is great power in knowing you are not alone learn more about Reboot Circles and apply for a group in your role at Reboot.io slash circles. Development involves giving up a smaller story in order to wake up to a larger story.
0: Gene Houston. Hey, Sarah, it's great to see you and uh, be sitting here uh, while I'm in Boulder and you're in the UK. I see a poster of the London Underground behind you, yeah. and, and I think it's a poster of, of the United Kingdom behind me. So. i
3: like to remember where I am.
0: Right, just in case you get lost. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show, and before we get started, why don't you take a, take a moment, introduce yourself, tell us who you are, and we'll, we'll uh, sort of jump in.
3: Great, thanks, Joey. So my name's Sarah Wyler, and I run a company called Power of Uke. Um, I go into organisations and get people to use the power of creativity to kind of come alive and rediscover their their kind of sense of being a child, I guess. Um, I do usually ukulele workshops and songwriting and kind of get people. Yeah, I always kind of think and model it on like getting back, in, back into kindergarten. Yeah. completely free and, and happy and then trying to take some of that into their their workplace um, kind of long term so that's,
0: that's the company I've been running for probably for about a year now mm-hmm. and uh, tell me what would be helpful for you to have a conversation with me about I know that you've been listening to a few of the podcasts and in fact you were introduced to us through Henry May who's a dear friend of ours now and um, was a podcast guest a couple of months ago tell me, tell me again what, what would be helpful for you to talk through
3: yes I think Something, something around actually stepping into living and being an entrepreneur. Like I think, a lot of the time when you're working full time, you can have a big dream of something you'd like to do in an ideal world. And then when you actually have the chance to do it, you start questioning whether it's the right thing. You start questioning whether you've actually got the capacity or the the skills to do it. So it's something around, I guess, the self belief or the um, yeah, it's living living that desire
0: to be an entrepreneur. So living out the desire to be an entrepreneur and really, really working with uh, the self doubt that starts to crop up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've just met Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to follow my instincts here. Okay. And fortunately we have a good video connection so we can actually see each other. And what I'd like you to do is just slow down Mm -hmm. and actually tune into your body. Yeah. 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 And do me let, let, let's let's do this together. Let's take a deep breath together. Okay. So if you can share what 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 was the feeling before the breath? What is the feeling now? if there's any difference what's the, what are you feeling and I know this is counterintuitive because yeah. we want to dive right into the intellectual content tell me about the feeling. no
3: I feel slower mm-hmm. I feel like a bit more in control
0: what were you feeling prior to the breath as we started talking about the self-doubt
3: a bit anxious I guess mm-hmm. a bit like yeah running out running, having to fill in gaps
0: yeah. Yeah. So you you, 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 I'm just going to describe the hand movement you did. Mm-hmm. You, you sort of, you had two hands running with each other and I'm kind of mirroring it right, yeah. right now. And I had this image of almost like feet running, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I want you to notice that and we're not judging it. I just want you to notice the experience of, now part of it is you're talking to Jerry and you may have, like walked into the conversation with a bunch of preconceived notions of what this was gonna be like and oh my god, is Jerry gonna make me cry and here we go. Am I you're laughing. Am I naming some thoughts? Yeah, I was a bit nervous about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So to that part of you that's nervous, I wanna say thank you. I want you to 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 think about some of the podcast conversations that you've listened to. And I imagine that they've been beneficial. Is that true?
2: Yeah, really
3: beneficial.
0: Right. And so there's something super powerful that we are doing for each other when we allow ourselves to be open and experience life just precisely as it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Forget for a moment the, the, the intellectual content. Um, I want to be an entrepreneur. How do I be an entrepreneur? What do I want to do? All of that. Just connect with the, the universal feelings that you've experienced with others and that you're experiencing right now. Does that resonate with you? Yep. Yeah. So there's a benefit, even when we step into a place of, as long as we're safe, allowing ourselves. To experience the authenticity of who we are. There's a benefit to others as well as to ourselves. Right. Does that make sense to you?
3: Yeah, I write down before we started the call. Remember everything you say will help others going through something similar. Yeah. So I wanted to try and remember that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of times I, I, at this point in my career, I work with coaches. And one of the things that comes up for coaches is, you know, coaches and therapists are just like other human beings. Right? We all have our self-doubts and we all wonder if what we're doing is valuable. Mm-hmm. And um, we can get wrapped around the axle in a kind of self-referential spinning where we're worried about what we're doing and what's going on. And one of the powers, I think, of... One of the powers for me that Buddhist teaching has helped me is the notion that when we're stuck in that place, if we can reach to a place of empathy and compassion, all of a sudden our experience of whatever it is that we're going through um, resolves in a, in a more beautiful way. Mm-hmm. We actually haven't fixed anything. We actually haven't answered any question. We've actually deepened our experience of being human. Okay, and so you're nodding. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, Yeah. okay. So a little explanation of the method to my madness right now. Okay. There are a whole bunch of questions implicit within your question, right? Um, What's my purpose? How do I live a life of meaning? Right? What other questions are there? Share with me
3: is this the best way I can use my skills or give to the world
0: right now hold that thought for a moment what's the opposing thought that's coincident with that thought
3: Um, what I'm doing is a waste of time
0: what I'm doing is a waste of time I'm wasting my life so every time we have that what is my purpose right the 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 coincident statement observation or question is there which is I have no purpose Right? What is my meaning? I have no meaning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? How, how can I be a best service? Am I wasting? Am I a waste of this life?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I am going to posit a theory that in order to really fully and authentically step into not just being an entrepreneur, but to step into the answers that exist for those questions. One has to allow oneself to fully experience in an integrated way both sides of those questions. Yeah. Make sense?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, because the the answer to the question lies not only in the in the positive forward momentum of should I be an entrepreneur and declare myself as the founder of Power of Uke. But in grasping and holding on to the fear inducing other side of that equation, which is what? You, Sarah, you're not an entrepreneur. Henry May, he's an entrepreneur. <laughs> Did I just name something that you've heard in your head? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's happening for you now as I name that?
3: I suppose I'm wondering what it means to be one. Mm -hmm. I suppose I'm also aware that, especially from listening to this podcast, that those fears and insecurities are there at every stage. So I suppose what do I need in the earliest stages to to even feel a little bit on track yeah
0: what does on track mean
3: I think it's it's going into a room and confidently saying this is what I'm doing with my life
2: what
0: what what would the, that action what feeling would it give you
3: like fulfillment and Self-acceptance.
0: So the wish here is for self-acceptance. That's a kind of primary wish, mm-hmm. right? Now you're touching into it, aren't you?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Remember what I said before about kind of the light side having the the shadow side, right? The darker side. What's the coincident belief? behind the wish for self-acceptance what else do we know to be true about Sarah
3: And then, what's the opposite
0: perhaps oh. it's the opposite what does Sarah worry about
3: being accepted definitely uh, yeah. yeah
0: how long have you worried about being accepted
3: a long time and then I, I try not to worry about it, and then I worry that it's. I'm becoming. I'm, reject, I'm kind of reinforcing it by rejecting that need, if that makes sense. Sure,
0: like, sure.
1: Separating
3: it's, so far that it's. Yeah. And creating something so drastically different, off piste right. that actually it's, it's a further separation.
0: Right. So the fear implicit in the wish is a belief. That you are not accepted. Yeah. Or perhaps even, tell me if this is a stretch, not acceptable. So it's a description.
2: Mm.
0: No? Too much?
3: Mm. Maybe by some people. Mm
0: -hmm. So let's hold on to that. Let's hold on to that. It's a very, very powerful and human need. You know the the my partner Khalid often speaks to the the primal needs that we all have for love, safety, and belonging. And to me, the the notion of accepting and being accepted links to belonging mm-hmm. directly. And I often know that if I feel like I belong, then I feel safe. Mm-hmm and I can allow myself to be loved. Does that resonate yes. with you? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a softness occurring inside of you right now. How's your breathing? Better. <laughs> hmm Even though the experience is... Or how would you describe the feelings that we're talking about right now?
2: Quite
3: raw. hmm But kind of quite gentle as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that description um, uh, when, we, when we open up to the genuine heart of sadness which is, which is uh, a phrase one of my teachers Trungpa Rinpoche uh, spoke to the genuine heart of sadness when we open up to that we feel the rawness you know again in Buddhism we talk about bodhicitta bodhicitta is the quality of having an open heart and the reason our heart closes is that it's actually painful <laughs> right and so the movement to close the heart is a protection movement and in what are we protecting against? We're protecting against the rawness and the vulnerability and the potential of being hurt
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, And then I want to bring your attention to this other word you use which was gentleness
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so when 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 our rawness is met with gentleness either by the other in this case me or by you right because we often have the capacity to meet our own vulnerability we can either meet it with harshness or we can meet it with mm-hmm. gentleness when we meet it with gentleness we can we can be in that state where we're okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: Even though we're talking about difficult issues. So. Making sense to you.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm going to shift and I'm going to ask some questions that are more somewhat concrete. Okay. Why do you want to be an entrepreneur?
3: I think it's more that i i want I want to spend my days doing things that feel in flow, mm-hmm. and from my experience, jobs that are prescribed um don't allow me to do that in the way i'd want to so i, I cr- I've created something that makes me feel most at ease and in flow. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily about running my own business, but I guess like leading my own life in a way that feels natural. Mm -hmm.
0: And how important is this for you?
3: Really important.
0: Tell me a story, if you can, of why it's so important or how it's so important.
3: I think it's more that the the times that I have been in roles, like I used to be a secondary school teacher And the feeling of doing something that didn't go against my, didn't go along with what felt right was so painful. And I just remember feeling like I was drained. I know it's a difficult job, but there was like more, it was more than just drained by the job. It was like, this is not what I feel I could do. And I just, I remember going to a, I went to a, like a workshop about four years ago where they got us to write down the um, six happiest moments of our life and what we were doing. And I realized that the stuff that came up through that was around music, playing music with strangers, and playing music outdoors. Mm-hmm. And it was like a theme that I hadn't even known was so important to me. And I wasn't doing anything of that in my life. And it was a real shock. And I was like, why have I got these moments that are clearly making me so happy, yet I haven't, I'm not doing it. <laughs> kind of just a real wake-up call so then that's when i started thinking and exploring ways that i could bring that more into my life because i thought if there's things that make me happy
0: why weren't you doing those things
3: <sighs> Why well, wasn't um i think it's getting out of habit
0: uh-huh. it was just habit
3: i know that um i mean there's, there's so many <laughs> so many reasons why i wasn't able to it Probably I hadn't prioritized the things I loved or I hadn't thought that there were things I didn't think that you could make a career out of the things you loved. I probably went quite stepping stone from university into the jobs that were given to us and never really gave it much thought and um, hadn't really been asked that question before. But why I wasn't doing those things, I got definitely definitely got out of the habit. I definitely um there's always been a weird a relationship I've had with my music. Partly because it was, I went to the kind of school where it was very discouraged to to excel in things, and um, and I was you know associated doing well with having to hide that and shame. So there was often an unease around actually um, performing or you know showing what I could do, and and then when I went to university, I went to a very good university where everyone was suddenly like here, you know, really really like beyond. Mm. amazing and I remember thinking oh gosh the things I thought were my skills of her nothing are insignificant so you know and, and actually everyone there it was it was complete opposite like you had to show off to survive and mm. it was such confidence that you know I kind of went through this huge wave of feeling like I should hide it to feeling like I had to push it but you know both neither and feeling like I was quite in the right place so I think there was probably a lot of rejection of it I was like okay this isn't part of my life and started teaching did a lot of music when I was teaching but hadn't really thought about doing it as a career so yeah I guess a mixture of shame for being for being creative like that wasn't something you did and also just not feeling very good at it anymore
0: so I want to bring your attention to something
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I think you're viscerally tell me if Mm -hmm. I'm right Experiencing mm-hmm. your like viscerally, as in your body, yeah. experiencing, yeah, yeah. and there's almost an anger that's arisen yeah, inside yeah. of you. Experiencing what it's like to be put into a particular box.
3: Yeah.
0: And that box is do not be creative because it does not fit in with our preconceived notions of who you are and who you're supposed to mm. be. Yeah. Yeah. So hold that feeling. Remember, before we're talking about empathy and compassion. I want you to, in this moment, connect deeply to the millions and billions and billions of human beings, past, present, and future, who have lived in that box. The box that others have created for them. And use that awful power known as shame to put them in that box. We're both feeling that anger.
2: Mm.
0: We're both feeling that sadness. Right? Connect with that. It's powerful, right? One of the consequences of that box is that you lived a life that was not yours yeah and I wish our audience could see because right now your face your feeling tell me what you're feeling
3: a bit frustrated (laughs) and like I never thought that I had a choice I just thought that I was Well, I was made to feel like I was doing something wrong.
0: Right. <sighs> okay. So we're going to go in a little correlate direction. Think about the times in which you went along with that. Where your impulse to be creative and play music may have been squelched by you. Because
3: it was, and I realized it wasn't, it wasn't about the playing or the making. I kept, that was fine, but it was around doing it in public. Mm. It was like, it's fine what you do at home. Like you can comp- compose, spend mm. all day composing, but certainly don't bring that into other people's lives. People don't want to see it. People don't like a show off. People don't like, it, just, just, it was annoying
0: for people. Right. It's, it's and and, and so, so let's give voice to the fear that's behind mm. it. Imagine you were to live your life where you were, quote, too much. How safe was that for you?
3: Not at
2: all.
0: Not at all. Now, you may not have been physically threatened. But your sense of self, your personhood. What are you remembering?
3: Well, I just I know that there was it wasn't a possibility at the kind of school I went to right. to be too much. Too right. much wasn't an option.
0: Too much was not an option.
3: Unless you were a bully.
0: <laughs> unless you were a bully. Unless you were actually able to physically assault other people and emotionally assault other people. Remember what I said before, we all want and need love, safety, belonging. And you hear, you're starting to hear the themes here,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And so you're, and we all do this, there's a part of ourselves that arises up as a childhood survival strategy. The psychologist uh, Bill Plotkin calls it a loyal soldier. A loyal soldier rises up to take care of ourselves and keep ourselves safe so that we can continue to fit in and be acceptable and accept it. And then what happens is we find ourselves complicit in that diminishment. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. And the anger and the frustration arises. And so all of a sudden, we're not living the life that we really want to live. And in a wish to live the life that we want to live.
3: Yeah.
0: Right, Because we want love, safety, and belonging. In order to have love, safety, and belonging, we choose to be lesser than. Our fullest self.
3: And you get to a point where you don't feel deserving of that like I think I got to a a point at school where I just thought well I didn't I thought I was less it's
0: alright just stay with it stay with it yeah
2: like it's
3: taken a lot of courage to actually start to say no to people to to put boundaries up because I just assume that other people know better, other people are in charge because, you know, at any time where I tried to assert myself, I was told, you know, it just wasn't worth it. And I was taking so much energy. And I know that being an entrepreneur is a massive part of, like, reasserting who you are. But in the process of doing it, you're going to be told a million times that your ideas aren't good enough, that you're, you know, it's a real... It's, it's, I know I need to do this. to so, like, this is, like, the ultimate challenge for me is saying, you know, up yours to... <laughs> for <laughs> the first bit, you know I think this is the struggle I know that my biggest fear is like I haven't I sat for a year with a list of companies to ring and I haven't rung any of them because I know that I have to you know be vulnerable to rejection so I don't do it because it's so painful right. but it's a, you know and it's a constant I know what I need to do but it's just it feels very deep I mean I imagine when I ring companies that they're just going to be like who the hell are you?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Why
3: would you, you know, it's that like, it's like not, not just imposter syndrome, but like I'm being a nuisance. And I realized that the other day, it's that same feeling of when I used to want to perform or, you know, show for music or play and people would be like, Shh. you know, it's that same feeling of worrying that that's how it's coming across to offer a service. That I know will be of value that people will think you're being a nuisance.
0: So, i want I want to take you back to some insight that you gave yourself before we even got on the phone call. Yeah. What was the note you wrote to yourself as you were considering your nervousness?
3: Remember everything you say will help others going through something similar.
0: How important is it for you to help others going through something similar? massively What does it do for you to help other people going through something important something similar?
3: Yeah. I think it really energizes me and it empowers me and it it makes me feel connected it makes right. me feel like I have a purpose
0: right so identifying and recognizing that others may be experiencing what you're experiencing allowing yourself to be vulnerable to do to to experience the same thing ends up even though, and allowing yourself to be unsafe if you will mm
2: to experience the
0: potentiality of being unsafe allows you to help others which then enlivens and enriches your life okay you, you see the arc of this it's mm-hmm. almost like a circle now tell me again the purpose of the power of yoke what does it do when you when you watch a student or you mm-hmm. watch a participant Pick up a ukulele for the first time.
3: What the bit that I most love about it is it's the fact that it allows people to reconnect with a forgotten passion. Like I've met so many people through these workshops who say I I wanted to play music and I haven't since I was twelve and you know, like journalists, bankers, lawyers suddenly opening up and and being able to have those really quite deep conversations around creativity with complete strangers, mm-hmm. and seeing that afterwards they say, "Actually, because of that workshop, I'm now playing the guitar again." Or, mm-hmm. That that really that that feels like a real gift to give people mm-hmm. that chance, because I know that I lost my sense of my I lost my well, I lost my passion for music, but I lost the habit, or I lost the like connection, or the feeling like I could do it. And I have rediscovered it in a massive way. And I want to give that to other people, that chance to, it it doesn't have to be ukulele, but we always talk at the end of the workshops about, like, what is that for you? Like, what's your ukulele almost? What's your play that energizes you? Mm -hmm. And it's, get like it's a vehicle to have those discussions.
0: I'll tell you what my ukulele was or Mm -hmm. is.
3: Yeah.
0: It was about 10 years ago. And I had reached a point in therapy where I was really working with some very difficult childhood memories. Stuff that I had repressed for years was coming up. And I was in my early 40s. And uh, a therapist I was working with had suggested that I see this woman in New York who was uh, an energy healer. And for a guy who had lived most of his life um, blocking out access to the esoteric. I know this mm. is like shocking to the people who listen to the podcast, but I was <laughs> in that sort of rational, overly rationalized world. But I was at it was at a moment in my life where I was open to everything. And so I began working with this woman in New York named Janet, who, as another one of her expressions in life, uh, is a dancer and choreographer. And I remember working with some energy, some blocked energy in my body and weeping like at that soul level. And I remember crying out, I want to dance. And I began to dance. And I ended up working with a, uh, another teacher, a choreographer and in a particular dance technique, movement therapy that enabled me to connect with my human body in a way that I've been yearning for ever since I was a child. And I think I'm making you cry now. (laughs) Um, So you know what I'm talking about, don't you?
3: Yeah. I see so many people longing for that. And yeah, you know, the other day, I was in my kitchen with a couple of friends. I'd had lunch with them, and I put on some music, and I said, should we just dance? And I could see they stopped, and they went, isn't it bad that I have to be drunk to do that? Mm-hmm. And I just, like, danced around my kitchen. Right. And I could see that they wanted to, but it's like we all... It's oh, its so—it's just such human, primal things that we've been told by society are uh, not appropriate, or sit in your seat, you know, be...
0: Oh nice spring <laughs> yeah. 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 So one of the one of the notes that Dan gave me in advance of this call, um, you know, Dan Putt, our producer, one of the notes he gave me was he said, you know, Sarah can struggle sometimes we're we're referring to herself as an entrepreneur.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that represent the feeling for you?
2: I
3: wonder if it feels pretentious. <laughs> to
0: call question. yourself an entrepreneur?
3: Yeah. A little bit.
0: What What is an entrepreneur, Sarah?
3: Someone who runs their own business or has an idea that they've brought to the world,
0: they have made idea. money
3: from. That's not really it.
0: So you said, what did you just say? That's, that's not what it is. Yeah. What is it?
3: I guess someone who has an idea that they make reality that helps others and that earns the living.
0: So the earns the living part is where you're a little stuck, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think just having. This is interesting. So if I just come up with an idea, but I have another job, I don't feel like I'm an entrepreneur. I feel like it's the point where you say, this is what I'm doing. I've I've rejected, not rejected, but I've said, I don't need a formal job. I don't need to follow that. I'm doing it in a different way.
0: What does making a living from your entrepreneurial endeavor represent for you?
3: Independence from a system that I don't feel part of or that,
0: Okay, so there's there's a financial reality of I can't pay the bills from teaching people to dance, if you will, or to find their ukulele. I can't pay the bills yet. I
3: could. Oh, you could? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's
0: interesting. Okay, so what else (laughs) might be there? When you get a check from someone for whom, from some organization for whom you've run a workshop, Yeah. How does it feel? Really good. Say more about good.
3: I think it feels almost, I don't believe it. Like, and and there's one particular client that, the first people that have paid me the full amount that I've asked for, and I haven't yet run the workshop, and I still have this fear that they're going to turn around at the end and go, what waste of money? It's just imposter syndrome, I guess.
0: So, in a sense, getting the check... Uh, validation. Validation. Is something,
3: something worthwhile. It's something yeah, Who's I worthwhile? Me.
0: What was the first wish, Sarah? I want to be accepted.
3: Yeah,
0: I know. So so part yeah. of what's happening is you're associating getting the check with belonging. Yeah. See yeah. if if they're paying me, then the work I'm delivering is valuable. If, there, if I'm not being paid, then the work I'm delivering must not be valuable.
3: Or I'm being taken for a ride here. What? And I'm not... I mean, like if I offer stuff for free or...
0: Oh, then you're being taken advantage of. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah. So it's, it's that kind of like...
0: What would be different if you were acceptable, if you belonged, if you were valid... What would it be like if you no longer needed the money as proof of the validation? What would that experience be like?
3: It would just be part of the process of being an entrepreneur, so there wouldn't be so much importance on it. What did
0: did you just, what word did you just describe yourself as?
3: Being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: So yes. the irony is here that if you drop the condition of yes. actually using money to as external proof of your valid validity, you actually become, in your own words, your own semantic construction, which is an expression of your unconscious, you just become an entrepreneur. Now, we want to be clear. We're not talking about not paying your bills. We're not talking about you not being... We're not talking about just giving up the notion of a fiscal container that is um, self-perpetuating, right? And it takes care of the physical body of yourself and those that you might employ at some point. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about using that dollar, using those, 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 that money to come in, to give you a sense of validation. And then when you let go of that, it was actually the first time that you referred to yourself as an entrepreneur.
2: Because
3: mm. it actually feels just about doing work for people then. Yeah. Just about getting on and doing it. What is it again? And getting so, on and doing it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just get on and mm. do it. Mm. Just get on and do it. You hear it?
3: Yeah.
0: Right. A lot of times the things that we say come from a place in our body. If you recall back to the nervousness at the beginning, that nervousness may have come from the back of your throat or a tightness in the chest and the anger may have even come from the top of the head, you know. Tell me when, when you say, say again for me, just get on and do it. Say it again.
3: Just go on and
0: do it. Okay. Take both of your hands. Put them on your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Say it again.
3: Just get on and do it.
0: One more time. Mm-hmm.
3: Just get on and do it.
0: Yeah, your smile is lighting up the screen. It's kind of crazy, huh? What are you feeling? <laughs> I
3: feel like I don't know what that
0: was about. You don't know what?
3: What that was? What? What? Where did you think that that was coming from? Then from my stomach.
0: Oh, yeah, where do you? So yeah. the stomach is kind of yeah. the seat of who we are. Yeah. It's the, it's the who we are without all the crazy ass stories that we have been telling ourselves all along. Mm -hmm. It's the who we are. I think it's where your ukulele lives. Mm -hmm. It's where the dancer in me lives. Mm -hmm. When I lay on my side working with Janet and I started to sob and cry, I want to dance. That didn't come from some preconceived prefrontal cortex, well thought out plan Oh, my God, Jerry, a 42-year-old man, least of all an Italian-American from Brooklyn, you don't fucking dance. And if you do, you dance like Tony Manero on Night Fever. No, that's not the dancing I wanted. I wanted, I want to live in my body. Right? So when we speak from a place of our soul, the seat of our soul is our stomach. It's our solar plexus. When we access that, I am an entrepreneur. You just smiled. Say more.
3: I was just thinking that if you were gonna ask me to say that, I would find that really difficult.
0: I know. So what am I going to ask you to do?
3: Fuck!
0: (laughs) Okay, so I want you to actually stand. What? (laughs) That's right. And I want you to put your feet shoulder length apart. Uh I want your hands at your sides. I want your palms facing forward. I want your back straight. Now, relax your chest, relax your heart. In the boot camps, we call this the warrior stance. We want you to have a strong back of fiscal responsibility and the soft heart of bodhicitta, openness. Now, now, who are you, Sarah?
2: (laughs)
3: <laughs> say it again I'm, I'm an entrepreneur
0: yes you are yes you are an entrepreneur you know one of the things that an entrepreneur does an entrepreneur she faces her fears think of all the fears you face coming on the show today Think of all that you came on with. I can't tell you, nor can I guarantee you, that you will achieve your financial dreams. I don't know that anybody can guarantee that. But I can tell you that the way to live into the truth of who you are is to just get on and do it. Just play,
3: mm-hmm.
0: just dance, just make music. See, you're nodding because you know, and you can see you yourself telling clients this in the mm-hmm. future, right?
2: hmm
3: Well, this is the irony that um, I go into gottuses and tell them to play more, but then I struggle so much with just playing.
0: Right. So don't use that irony, For (laughs) self-flagellation, who are you to say this, Sarah, when you yourself still struggle?
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, yeah.
0: Use it to build the empathy.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, I think with all these, like you are always a better coach if you've been through it. If I went in and said, isn't it easy to play? Why aren't you playing music all the time? People That's will be right. like, well, you don't get us. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's important I go through it.
0: How did you feel when I told you about my, dis- my allowing myself to express that I am a dancer?
3: Oh, I loved it. Right. I love stories like that.
0: Right. Didn't it make you feel think less of me as a coach? No, at all. Not at all. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you for stepping into the tough spot that you stepped into and allowing me and really trusting me and allowing me to make you move up and down and around and, you know, put your hands on your belly and all that stuff. Um, That is, um, that's a a fuller expression of the, of the exploration that you were seeking. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And I felt honored to have been a witness to to this bit of the conversation.
3: So, Thank you, Jerry.
0: You're welcome. Anything that you're leaving with as we think about this?
3: Well, I think I'd like to try just yeah, you know, the getting on and doing it and and as much as possible just taking money out of the equation for a bit and just mm-hmm seeing how that feels, Mm -hmm. even if it's just an experiment for a week Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, and just see if things shift. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, continue to, to share more actually with my clients, um, my journey, because I think you're right. Like you, you talking about the dance thing helped me connect with you and, and, and understand that you got, that you got where I'm coming from as well. So I think, not seeing there's a and actually this is what the whole reason i left such professional environments because i didn't like this distance you had between everyone and actually be you know starting a new way of interacting with people and saying like i'm going to be really open and that doesn't make me less professional in fact it makes this work more like more more effective yeah yeah how
0: beautiful well thank you again for for coming on the show and uh thank you so much. I, I look forward to, to meeting you someday.
3: Yeah, likewise.
0: Alright, be well.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. Your rating is the single most effective way for new listeners to find and enjoy the show. You can also get all reboot podcast episodes. By signing up at Reboot.io slash sign up. There's a link for that in our show notes. I am Dan Putt from Reboot, and you've been listening to the Reboot Podcast. Thanks for joining.
3: How long till my soul gets it right?